Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. Let the financial fun begin. Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with certified financial planner, Jeremy Bush. Jeremy is one of three CFPs that is on staff at Keystone Financial Services. And we talk about a really interesting question that was posed to us. Is there anything good about a recession? We're going to talk about strategies that not only will help you get through it, but also some things that you can do to take advantage of the season that we're in. I hope you enjoy this. Have a great week and God bless. We got a really interesting conversation starter about whether a recession is good or bad, and if there's any good inside of a recession. Yeah, I think because people just assume that recession is bad, and there are certainly a lot of bad things about a recession. We're going to kind of hit on a couple of things, not only the macro viewpoint as far as kind of the overall economy and the world, but also what it means to businesses and to individuals, and really how it can actually be a positive thing in the end. But before we do it, you know, I think it does beg the question, what is a recession? Because this gets thrown around a lot. And I mean, if we look at the technical factor of it, a recession is literally just two quarters of a decline in economic activity. Now, most people qualify that economic activity specifically as gross domestic product or GDP. So two consecutive quarters of dropping GDP. Which we've had. Technically, first quarter, second quarter, so two quarters in a row, slightly negative. The other, you know, there's other indicators out there as well, which I think is where a lot of the confusion around this recession, and we'll use the little finger quotes recession, (laughs) is with the indicators are showing, you know, they're not all agreeing. So one indicator of a recession would be high unemployment. Obviously, right now, we do not have that issue. We have pretty low unemployment right now. Yeah, if you talk to about any business owner, too, they'll tell you that's their biggest challenge right now is they can't find workers. Some people can't find any workers, but in a lot of cases, they can't find qualified workers for whatever it is that they're hiring for. The dropping GDP, yeah, we've definitely had that one. You know, that's pretty easy. Another indicator, though, is things like lower asset prices, where some things definitely have dropped in price. Some things not so much, right? Most things have not. (laughs) Lower production loss of consumer confidence. So you can see how we're really getting some mixed indicators on on this recession. So yes, technically, if we go by the two consecutive quarters of decline in GDP, yes, we're in a recession. But if we look at all these other indicators, you know, it's not so cut and dry. Yeah, it's interesting. Even the factors like consumer confidence, you mentioned, of course, they do studies on this. Economists do polling, all kinds of stuff. But from a practical standpoint, if you've been to the airport recently or been any place, it seems like there's a gazillion people running around spending money right now. So even though the consumer confidence numbers as far as people's feelings maybe aren't so bright right now, we're seeing people spending tons of money and, in fact, racking up a lot of consumer debt as they do it. Maybe on a personal level, that's not a good thing. But from an economic level, that actually works out well for a while because Most of the economy, 70% of the economy is us just spending money on stuff. As long as people are willing to spend money, it's just going to kind of keep pushing business forward. And ultimately, when we look at the market overall, you know, that's where, like you said, 70% of the market comes from. The rest is government spending, and we have no lack of that. (laughs) Of course, the the government (laughs) is spending lots of money. And then business spending makes up the rest of the, the equation there. So 
yeah, consumer confidence is kind of a funny thing. Sometimes it doesn't match up exactly with what the, the polling data or studies show. But overall, those are the things that you'd kind of look at as far as are we in a recession or not. But again, the technical two negative quarters we're actually in right now. And of course, we'll see. You actually don't always know that you're in a recession until you're already in one. Um, it's, I think we just ran that in our halftime report, right? I think one of the areas that you covered was the fact that there are a lot of predictions of recessions over the years, and most don't actually end up in a real recession. Yeah, it's about a 50-50 chance, really, when it comes down to it, a little over 50%. But the bad parts of a recession, I think those are easy to see. It's what a lot of people focus on when it comes to it. You know, currency loses value. If, if the recession lasts too long, it, it can go into a depression. You know, we haven't really seen one of those in quite some time. No, but Thankfully. What would be a good side to recession in your mind? Overall, if you kind of look at seasons of the year and just cycles in general, that's kind of how life works. And in the economy, I think we can look at it from a macro standpoint that if the economy has been through tough times, we're a lot more resilient as a society, as a country, as an economy. Uh, but certainly individual businesses, a lot of businesses go out. It's actually the most adaptable companies. So the adaptable people, the adaptable situations, right, are the ones that actually make it long term. So, in fact, it's kind of interesting if you look back historically, there's different articles that come out about this every once in a while about the number of companies that end up being born in recessions. And some of the most successful mm -hmm. names like Walt Disney Company, like HP, Google, many companies actually were born in the midst of economic hardship. Apple, right? Apple uh, came about, I think it was in the late 70s, wasn't it? The 70s were not so, a great yeah. decade, right, from from an economic standpoint. So. Yeah, that's where Apple was born in a garage, and Amazon was born in a garage. A lot of companies born in garages, but sometimes that comes out of desperation. Sometimes people's individual situations kind of force some creativity and they come up with a new way to do something. So there's certainly a lot of business ideas. And even in the pandemic, uh, when you have all the economic activity seemingly shut down overnight, uh, that's kind of what it felt like, at least in the spring of 2020. But also, you look at balance sheets, you look at financial statements for individuals, for businesses, the ones that went into a recession and weren't prepared for it, they didn't have the buffer. And we'll talk about that as well, mm -hmm. just to kind of how it applies to, to businesses and individuals as well. I think the things that come to my mind as far as positive things you can take away from a recession, and you nailed it, it's, it's the innovation factor. It's, it's the companies that can find the efficiencies of market and bring that to the consumer. Because if there's anything that the market has shown us over the last hundred years is that there's always someone out there who's innovating. Even if you look at just the broad market overall, 50 years ago, you would have told somebody, hey, yeah, the Dow is going to get above 30,000 points. They probably would have been like, you're crazy. So when bad times hit, it forces companies to get more efficient, to innovate new processes. Yeah. You know, one positive in the early parts of the pandemic is that individual savings rates went up. Uh, people were kind of stockpiling cash. You kind of look at people's balance sheets got better, people paying off debt. Um, so for a while there, that actually ended up being beneficial. And of course, that feeds into the recession, right, if we're not spending as much money. But that's what we saw. And in a lot of cases, people figured out, you know what, we don't necessarily have to have both spouses working. So in, in some cases, uh, we've seen one of the two members of the household, especially if they've got young kids, have kind of opted out, at least temporarily, in the workforce. And so it has created some shortages. And again, it's forced creativity in other areas. But yeah, it's, it's very, very disruptive. Being disrupted and forced to do things differently does force a lot of creativity. 
So what areas do you see companies, the ones that do survive, what areas are they best at? That old uh, Wayne Gretzky quote uh, is that he was successful because he skated to where the puck was going, not to where it is right now. Uh, and certainly our world is changing rapidly uh, just in, in every sector that you'd look at. There's a lot of companies that if they don't change fast enough, including ours, right, Keystone, it, we, we need to be mm-hmm. making sure we're understanding what our clients need and do what the industry trends are, um, certainly what the research is telling us as far as areas that we need to be looking at for strategies that would benefit our client situations. Um, so that's something that we always have to be looking at as well. So overall adaptability and, and just really thinking about who, who the end customer is and what it is that they need. Yeah, and additionally, I would kind of add in there probably lack of debt. Just like any person, too, not even company, just any person, you know. It, it's such a better cash flow position. If, if you don't have the debt, you can, you can survive on a lot less. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's about spending, living below your means, uh, having enough cash to get through wintertime. We follow Dave Ramsey's baby steps a lot, and the reason why we do that is just a great fundamental way to look at your financial foundation and making sure, hey, when I'm going into winter, if you think that's what we're going into right now, but if you're kind of worried, and I think people's anxiety levels are a little bit higher now than what they, they had been here for a while. What are the areas, Jeremy, that you would have people focus on as far as just making sure that they're looking at the base foundation? You know, we always start with making sure that you have a good emergency cash cushion. If uh, a, a lot of people, especially in America, they just don't have any saving. If you're in that boat, just starting out with flat $1,000, save up $1,000, you know, that might cover it if you have a, a dog vet bill or something that pops up or if your kid breaks their arm. Yeah, um, or when. Yeah, you know, there's different kinds of debt, obviously, like mortgages. We're not going to necessarily include that in a debt payoff, but things like credit cards, any kind of revolving debt, the things that really just suck up your cash flows, that's what we want to attack first and foremost and get those off the books. The less debt that you have, the better off you are, the less money you can really live on if you really needed to. Yeah. And that applies to businesses as well. If they're way over leveraged, in other words, they've got way too much debt, they've got little cash, by mm-hmm. definition, that's how a company goes bankrupt. And that's how an individual goes bankrupt as well. Certainly, we don't want to see that happen to anybody that, uh, that we know or care about. So we hope you're listening to this, right, and take heed of that. And then the third thing is the fact that we want to build wealth. We want to get to that point eventually, but it's important to think about first, do I have a, a base amount of cash, ideally three to six months worth of living expenses. That's what we want to build up to. Have all our debt paid off except for the house. House is a different category, and eventually we'll tell you to pay that off early too. But those base foundation things of having the cash and debt handled, I'm just going to assume that you're properly insured. You've got medical insurance, things like that. So if you're not sure, of course, you need to talk to somebody about that. But then moving on to building wealth, and of course, when you hit a volatile market like this, volatile economy, uh, people see a lot more turbulence in their portfolio. And that's one area we spend a lot of time on in client conversations every day, literally. We talk a lot about this with clients as far as the risk level or their risk number, what they're comfortable with. Kind of like flying in an airplane. You're almost certainly going to have some turbulence, right? And that risk factor is so important to set, and not even just set, but constantly review, like you were saying. Every single year, at least once a year, we're looking at that and saying, hey, does this still make sense? Personally, me, it's it's a little bit harder conversation, I think, to have the risk talk in down markets with clients. But I think you get the best conversations at that same time. They're, they're more, it's more realistic when things are down and when it's rough. Uh, everybody's everybody feels a little a step or two 
uh, more risk tolerant when things are really good in the market, I feel. Uh, everybody's willing to take that extra step and you know risk a little bit more. But when all of a sudden the market drops by 10, 20% and, and all of a sudden you see a negative number in your portfolio, that gets pretty real pretty quick. Yeah, and at the very least, it's gonna be uncomfortable, right? I don't think anybody enjoys turbulence. But, but the fact that people do get really anxious sometimes, and it's important to have those discussions along the way. So people are really invested in the way that they're comfortable, whether that's aggressive, conservative. That's not our job to tell you that. That's our job to basically take where you're comfortable and what your goals are and, and help you make sure that your portfolio is in line with that. And additionally, you know, keeping an eye on that long term. Down markets don't last forever. And on the bright side, up markets tend to last a lot longer than down markets. But it is a cycle. It's just like the seasons of the economy, like you were talking about. We do have to take those downtimes when they do come along. But if we have that risk set correctly, then it kind of alleviates some of the pressure. We have to remember that no matter how nasty winter is or how cold it is, just recognize that there's never been a winter that's not followed by spring, even if it's a really bad winter. Same thing with bear markets have always been, and uh, we have faith that they always will be followed by bull markets. There's never been a recession that wasn't followed by an expansion on the other end. The trick is, I think, for people that are in the middle of it, is wondering, well, is this time different? Maybe there really won't be a spring. Maybe we're stuck in winter forever and things are never going to get better. I'm not wired that way to think that things are just going to go down and be bad forever. But recognizing that it is part of the deal and you can actually make some good money. Oftentimes that's where the most money is made is in bear markets simply because that's when you can do a lot of buying. For those of you who are still working, uh, the bear market is actually a gift in a lot of ways because if, if you don't need the money right away, you're not forced to sell and you're a buyer. In other words, maybe you're putting into your 401k each paycheck. Maybe you've got some kind of an automatic investment going each month. Maybe you're buying your company stock, whatever it is. You get to take advantage of prices being low. And again, nothing's guaranteed. It's, it's not like we can sit here and say, well, you're guaranteed to make money if you invest during a bear market. But the reality is that if we look through history, people who steadily continue buying, we call that dollar cost averaging. It means you just continue to buy incrementally, whether the market's up, it's down, it's sideways, you're putting money in. That's actually a way that you can take advantage of low prices. We're, we're talking very broad brush on this. So every situation's individual. But you can certainly take advantage of that. You know, we manage portfolios, right? That's what we do as a company. We take advantage of it by rebalancing periodically. That's just part of being a disciplined investor is is that you're rebalancing and you're selling things, even though it may seem counterintuitive, selling things that went up and buying things that have gone down, making sure we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves with one area maybe that grew too much. Well, then that means our risk is getting higher and higher if that one sector keeps going up and is in the larger, larger part of our portfolio. So having that discipline, and if you're a client of ours, we're doing that for you. That's part of what we're doing as advisors is making sure that your um, your portfolio gets rebalanced periodically. And then, of course, looking for opportunities. There's always opportunities. Mm-hmm. You look through a, a recession, well, every recession is different. You look back to, to 2008, 2009. Well, in hindsight, that would have been a wonderful time to go out and start buying real estate. Would that have felt good at the time? Right. Probably not. not remotely. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do that. Uh, so, you know, think about the things that are way down right now. Um, you know, tech stocks being one of them. Tech stocks are, are disproportionately down right now, maybe compared to some other sectors like energy, which is actually going up this year, commodities, which have gone up. The reality is you don't want to stick all your money in one area. So our mothers, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers always told us, right, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. We, we want to make sure that we're always diversified 
But if you're continually buying and looking for opportunities, certainly you can look at, at situations where there's good high quality companies or sectors that might be way undervalued. Maybe they're just out of favor right now. And one of the ways that you know that is that nobody wants to buy it. Maybe some other sector is. So, you know, that's part of being a disciplined investor, again, is, is kind of looking at things objectively. The underlying idea is that are recessions good or bad? I, I would say yes. There's there's opportunity Both. everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, they there's may not bad be. <laughs> side, there's good side. It's it's just what you take it for. It's, yeah. it's there if you're looking for it. Yeah, recessions, uh, I don't think anybody will tell you that it feels good. But it, it's also an opportunity, right, to do something you normally can't do. So, and that's why we're here. We're here to guide you, uh, your family, your coworkers. We want to be here to be as a resource because we know times can get anxious and scary. And especially if you've never been through a recession before. And for those of our listeners that are younger, we want to make sure that we're here as a resource for you. And uh, we, we tell you that not just from the podcast, but also our role as certified financial planners is we've got a team. We've got a team that's here to support you, even for quick questions. We're always available for a quick question that we can jump on the phone with you and maybe it just alleviates a bit of anxiety and maybe it's not even you maybe it's your kid maybe it's your parents maybe it's a coworker that you can tell they're really anxious and again if we can spend some time on the phone or in a meeting with somebody and help people make good decisions but also help them reduce their anxiety certainly we want to be there for that also want to make sure that you know we want you to share this stuff uh, we, we create content for you um, obviously if you're listening to this right but you may be thinking of somebody else. Maybe it's a coworker, a friend, somebody else that would really benefit from this. Uh, please share the episodes. Always click subscribe, of course, in your favorite podcast service. And uh, we always want your feedback, too. So if you can think of topics and things that you'd like us to cover on the Wiser Financial Advisor, uh, let us know. Otherwise, Godspeed. Have a great uh, week, great day. And just know that there's always a spring on the other side of winter. Have a great week. God bless. This episode has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.